Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. It's Friday. It's Jeff Duncan Day here on on uh, Coast View. He's with the Times Picayune and uh, and and NOLA.com. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else in history. He's on the NFL Selection Committee. I could go on and on. He's written numerous books about the Saints, and he's my friend. And he's here every Friday. And his name is Jeff Duncan. Jeff, wow! First of all, welcome to Coast View, and what a week and what a weekend we got to look forward to. Yeah, Ricky, Happy New Year to you and Kyle uh, and everyone out there. I think it's, uh, let's hope it 2022 is a better, more prosperous new year than what we just went through, man. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm kind of exhausted with the whole uh, COVID situation. Well, man, you think about the Saints season this year. I mean, you know, well, first of all, when we started the season, you said we got great starting lineup. We're not going to have as good of backups as we normally have because of the salary cap issues, but they did the best they could working with it. But with suspensions and COVID and all the injuries and other misfortune they had to deal with along the way, man, I mean, listen, they set a record, didn't they? Yeah, 57 different starters. Uh, and, and look, I'm, I'm writing this week a, a column that will be in the weekend editions of the Times Picayune about what they've been through and, and, and how Sean Payton has probably done his best coaching job of his career, along with his staff, because they were yeah. certainly heavily involved. But uh, it's been extraordinary circumstances. Every team in the league deals with injuries. Every team in the league's dealt with this COVID situation. But the Saints have been hit hard by both. And they've had Hurricane Ida relocation, some other uh, unique situations. I mean, if you think about it, Ricky, because they lost that home opener to Jacksonville, they only end up playing seven games in the Superdome this year, seven out of 17. So they've had to face some extraordinary circumstances. And for them to still have a chance to get in the playoffs and have a winning season uh, is pretty remarkable. It really is remarkable. Uh, again, a record. We've never seen anything like it before. And when you go do a search on Sean Payton, you see a lot of people on Twitter and just stories being written about lobbying for him to be coach of the year, that what he's had to deal with, particularly if he gets in the playoffs. If they get in the playoffs, buddy, let's lay the scenario out real quick around what has to happen for the Saints to go to the playoffs. And then we'll get into some of the specifics around the momentum that we're seeing on the team is very positive. And hopefully we can take that momentum into the playoffs if we get in. So kind of where are we right now, Jeff? Well, it's a really simple formula. The Saints have to win Sunday in Atlanta against the Falcons. And at the exact same time out on the West Coast, the L.A. Rams have to beat the San Francisco 49ers. That, that's it. That's the only way the Saints can get in. Ties don't help them. It has to be a, a, a 49ers loss and, and a Saints win. And I think that very well could happen. I mean, the Saints are favored. The Falcons have been eliminated from the playoff race, so their incentive is a little bit diminished. And the Rams uh, still need to win to secure the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. So they're going to be full force. They're not going to be resting any starters. They've lost five consecutive games to the 49ers. So they're going to have incentive. Uh, because if they lose that game, there's a possibility of way other games play out. They could end up at the number five seed and have to go on the road and play their games. So there's a lot of reason for them to want to win. So I, I think there's a really good chance of this playing out 
in the Saints' favor. So what's your thoughts about where San Francisco 49ers are right now in terms of, again, the betting lines are against them, but but uh, what, what do they have going against them other than that? Well, they have a huge strike against them in that their starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, is still dealing with a, a torn ligament in his finger. Uh, I'm sorry, his thumb. Uh, he is going to practice this week, but they want to see him at 100%. Matter of fact, Kyle Shanahan, the coach said, if he's not 100%, he's not going to play. They're going to go with rookie Trey Lance. And there's a big drop-off in experience there and uh, you know, between Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I would think if Garoppolo plays, as I mentioned, the 49ers have had the Rams number, certainly increases their chances of winning. Uh, but the Rams are playing extremely well right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. And like I said, they have a lot of incentive, not only because they've lost to the Niners, but because of everything else I mentioned earlier. Wow, wow, wow. So much to talk about. Um, you do a search on the Saints today, and what you see is, first of all, this week, Cam Jordan, he's been celebrated across the league this week because of his not just his play last week, but his emergence as a significant uh, quarterback threat. And the defensive line play, you hear you, lots have been written about that, but just the defense in general. Let's start with just, man, they, you said it from the beginning. You said it before the first game of the season started. The Saints were win or lose. They'll get in the playoff or not get in the playoff based on how the defense plays. They've had down moments along the way. They've had players come and go. Last week, especially the second half of the game, was really terrific, wasn't it? Yeah, they were dominant, and they needed to be. They started kind of slow in that game. And then they turned up the intensity and really took over that game. And Sean Payton, I think, coached that game the way he's coached a lot of games recently, playing to his strengths, realizing they kind of had control of the opposing offense. So he was really conservative offensively himself, settled for a lot of field goals. And look, they ground out an 18-10 to 10 win. They got one touchdown drive. It's the first touchdown they've scored in nearly three games. Uh, but that's the formula right now with this team. That's how they're going to have to win games. You have to kind of muddy it up, ugly it up, and win with their defense. So their defense has to bring it every week. They can't have any more uh, incon inconsistent performances. They really have to dominate, and they have the ability to do it. And they should be back full force this week. They were missing Marcus Williams last week. Uh, I think uh, P.J. Williams is potentially going to be out because of the injury he suffered. But they should be close to full force as they've been in a long time, and they're going to need it because Atlanta, you know, is going to want to play the spoiler role. Uh, this is their arch rivals. They beat the Saints earlier this year, and uh, so there's nothing they'd rather do than, than spoil the Saints season and go into their offseason on, on a winning note. Now, we'll come back We'll come back to Taysom Hill and the offense in just a second, And but you mentioned about this play defense strong and then, you know, kind of grind it out. But there was something really incredible that you observed as we as we went into the half around Taysom throwing the ball and his connection with Callaway. We'll come back to that in a second. But that's got to make Sean Payton say, whoa, wait a minute. We may, Maybe we can open this thing up a little bit. But we'll come back to that in a second. Coming back to the defense for a second. Why do you think we had these moments when the defense plays flat? You know, and again, the difference between the first half of the game and the second half were so significant. Maybe not as significant, but just for you who observed the numbers, but just as an observer, that's what it seemed like to me. What's going on there? Yeah, I think 
a little bit of it is game planning. Carolina comes out with some new stuff that the Saints have not seen on tape. They do some things, run maybe run some run scheme a little differently, connected on some big plays and on third down. And then the Saints, you know, get together on the sidelines with their defensive coaching staff and they they make the proper adjustments. And I think that really is what's going on. That's a sign of a good coaching staff that they can't adjust in the game like that. And I thought the Saints special teams played really well as well. Uh, you know, Brett Maher solved their kicking issues. Uh, he's been money on almost every field goal attempt. And then Deontay Harris getting him back last week was huge, not only in the offense, but also as a return man. He's so di- dangerous and dynamic. Uh, so now the Saints, really, this is how it's going to have to be, Ricky. It's going to have to be defense, special teams, and the offense making a few plays here and there, running the ball uh, when they can with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara and just trying to grind out these these low-scoring wins. It's gonna, not going to be very pretty or aesthetically pleasing, but it's the only formula this team can win considering their offensive line injuries right now. Yeah, again, we'll come back to the offense in a minute. Just to come to the special teams for just a second, the, there was a missed extra point. Was there, was there something going on there that, that I didn't see? No, I think he just missed it. I mean, he doinked it off the right upright, uh, and that – could have been critical. I mean, in a game where it's just an eight-point lead, but again, the defense dominated. But I didn't see anything in the in the mechanics or in the operation at all with the snap of the hold. I think he just kind of pushed it right. You know, you mentioned you mentioned um, the game the game plan for Carolina and the defense made some adjustments. It was notable though at the and and, and again the adjustments obviously weren't. But man, he was firing off. Short passes, getting it out of his hands as quickly as possible, sort of trying to take the defensive line out of the calculation, but that none of that worked in the second half. I mean, what did the Saints do that was so significant that really? Because he was, he, I don't know. There was a point where he hadn't missed a dang pass, man. I mean, just one after another. Uh, but they couldn't, they couldn't execute that in the second half. Well, they were playing a lot of zone early, I think, without. Uh, Marcus Williams back there on the back end. I think they were a little more conservative, and then they just ditched that, went to more man-to-man. I thought Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had a huge game, big interception, big sack. Uh, the Saints used their secondary to, to blitz more often than we've seen and really caught Carolina's protection schemes off guard. And uh, they made some big plays that, defensively that they hadn't been making lately. They've been playing good defense, hadn't been producing the turnovers, and they really got after them once they got the lead. I think they end up with seven sacks. Uh, And that defensive line can dominate when they can turn back their ears and come out. It's really incredible. Gardner Johnson, incidentally, it's inspiring to watch him play, as you and I have discussed before. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Pick Union. We'll talk about the offense and where we go from here. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I hope you're having a great Friday. It's uh, Jeff Duncan Day here on Coast View. When we talk about the Saints, what a great opportunity the Saints have in front of them. It could be a really dynamic weekend. And who would have thought it? Who would have thought it with so many different players the uh, coach having the coaching staff having to deal with during this season and the injuries and COVID and other incredible misfortunes. Uh, yeah, speaking of misfortune, let's just specifically to the to the offense. Um, a mallet finger, the injury that that Taysom Hill got on his throwing arm. It, there are a lot of quarterbacks that that would have just put him down. They wouldn't have been able to play with that injury. He's really done pretty well considering the situation, hasn't he? Yeah, when I went back and watched the replay of the game this week. I was really impressed with some of the throws he made. He, he was under a lot of duress, made some throws into the teeth of some pressure uh, that were big-time throws. And I know that they didn't ask him to go downfield very much. They played conservatively. But they really can't do much downfield because they just don't hold up in protection right now. Without Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek, Andres Pete at left guard, um, you know, they were without Eric McCoy. I mean, they're, they're playing really – shorthanded across the offensive line. They have to kind of get the ball out quick. And Taysom Hill, I think, did a good job of making the right reads. He scrambled a few times, used his legs for big first down conversions. And that's going to be the recipe. It's going to have to be. Uh, I don't think they're going to face as nearly as dawning a pass rush this week against Atlanta as they did against Carolina. Uh, but they're going to have to play well because Atlanta gave Buffalo a very tough game. They've been playing much better in the second half of the season. And their defense has turned it up. I think they've got a, a turnover now, a takeaway in a 12 straight games, by far the most in the NFL. So it's going to be important for Taysom Hill to not force the ball into coverage uh, and, and turn the ball over this week. You know, when you evaluate, as it relates to the offensive line and all the changes that have had to be made there, when you evaluate Alvin Kamara, he was able to break some. He, he had some really good plays last week, and thank gosh he had a, had, the, had the day that he had. But it's got to be frustrating for him to take that ball and get to the line of scrimmage and get whacked immediately because he's not used to that. I mean, it just, it just shows you when we have our starters in there how much better they are than the backups. What do you have to say about that? No, no, you're right. I mean, it's one of the reasons why the Saints put such an emphasis on drafting Lyman in the first round, I, you know, they understand there's just a limited amount or limited number of elite athletes along the offensive line. Most of the big men these days, Ricky, want to play defense uh, or they're playing other sports. They're not playing offensive line. So when you get these really athletic big men, uh, they go very high. They're very highly valued in the league. And the Saints uh, experience a drop off in, in that athleticism and just overall ability when they go to their backups, and we see it uh, on a week-to-week -week basis. I mean, Carolina had a lot of first-round draft picks on their defensive line, and you could see the difference. Uh, they just had trouble blocking those guys up front. I mean, they're they're great players, too. And so I think uh, the, the fact that the Saints have been able to carve out some of these wins without even scoring touchdowns and cobbling together field goal drives, uh, that's what they have to do to try and manufacture offense uh, without their front wall. I mean, that's the – I compared it this week. It's like the spine of the offense. It's like if you've ever had a back injury, right? I mean, everything radiates off your back. You can't hardly do anything if you have a back injury. That's what having a damaged offensive line is like. You, you can't run the ball. You can't pass. Uh, it's really kind of the nerve center of the, of the entire offense. Okay, so going into the Atlanta game, what's the status of our offensive line? 
Uh, well, they'll get Eric McCoy back. That's big. He'll, he'll be back at center. I don't think either tackle is going to play again this week. Uh, it's been really frustrating. I, I guess Teron Armstead has the best chance. Uh, everything I've heard about Ryan Ramchek is his injury is pretty serious. And uh, I'm a, it's a curious situation, though, Ricky. It's, I've covered this team a long time. I don't remember anything quite this uh, puzzling. I mean, they, they haven't placed either player on the injured reserve list, which, you know, usually you do that and it sidelines them for three weeks. These guys have been in and out, uh, practice and uh, different statuses. You think if they were serious, they would have put them on IR. Uh, they haven't done it with either guy, but they haven't played in weeks either. Maybe they're hoping that we get into the playoffs and that they could have yeah. them in the playoffs. I think that's it. But uh, you, you could have put them on injury reserve earlier and gotten them back after three weeks, and they didn't do that. So it, it's it's kind of a, a, an interesting situation. I haven't seen it with any other position on the team, and these are two critical players. I mean, Pro Bowl dominant tackles, and it's really affected the offensive production this year. Well, you see our young receiver core beginning to emerge. You're still seeing some drop balls. What's the current view about how they're doing? Well, I mean, it's it's like you said. I mean, one step forward, one step back. I mean, Callaway made some big-time catches. He made the hard catches, and then some of the easier ones he didn't make. I think some of it also is just, uh, you know, the unfamiliarity with Taysom Hill as a quarterback. I mean, he doesn't throw with a ton of touch, so sometimes that ball's coming in hot. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes he's having to throw quicker than normal because the rush is getting to him. So all these things, this timing-based offense uh, gets synchronized uh, and it gets out of whack when, when you're playing with so many backups. And I just, I think they're just trying to, to the, the receiving core, I think, has improved. I think you're right. Callaway certainly made strides. Deontay Harris is a player. Uh, but they missed Traquan Smith again this past week as well. And um, they're not even throwing the ball anymore to Kenny Stills. I mean, he, he hardly ever sees a target. I would expect them to get – if you're looking for something this week, Ricky, watch Taysom Hill as a runner this week. I, I mean, last week in Buffalo, Josh Hill ran for 81 yards. He scored two touchdowns running the ball. So I think when the Saints get down the red zone, you're going to see that quarterback power play with Taysom running the ball because it was very effective with Josh Allen last week. Not Josh Hill, Josh Allen. Last week in Buffalo, uh, the, the Falcons had no answer for the quarterback running the ball. You know, in spite of, you know, I, again, we talked about the plantar fasciitis injury before. And, you know, I'm a, for, I, I, I'm a former uh, recovered from a very severe case of plantar fasciitis. So it took Tulane Sports Clinic to help get, get to the bottom of it. But, but that's a very painful injury. I mean, when you consider the injuries, you know, the, the concussion, the mallet finger, the the plantar fasciitis, and that's what we know about. I'm sure there are other injuries. You get other, you get injured every week, you know, running the football the way that he runs the football. He runs so hard and so fast. Can you just imagine the, the adding up of injuries across that body? And he seems to have no letdown whatsoever. This guy is, is really beginning to kind of find his stride, isn't he? Well, he's – Sean Payton says it best. He's just a football player, right? I mean, they got a football player – at quarterback, and say what you will about him, he's not—he's not a perfect uh, finished product, but he wins games. He knows how to get his team in position to win. They've continued to win for the most part with him at quarterback the last two years, and uh, I think it's admirable the way he puts his body on the line. I mean, obviously, 
he and his representation wanted some long-term security if he's going to play that way. And the Saints rewarded him with that with that contract extension a few weeks back. And he's played uh, like a guy that is rewarding the team for showing him some security long-term. Uh, and they're going to need him big time this week because Atlanta's playing better, like I said. But I really think the quarterback running the ball is could be – the formula to, to getting in the end zone because it didn't seem like defensively they had an answer for that. And it could be a big day for Kamara. I mean, Kamara, you know, he's he's showing, I mean, he's he's a team player. He really, really, really wants to win. And there's no giving up on Kamara either, is there? Man, his balance, uh, we've talked about it before, but it was evident on that early screen play, that little flare pass and that big 30-yard run where he was hit, Ricky, and, and added on an extra eight, 10 yards on each case, just with that extraordinary balance. It's, it's something he works on very hard in the off season. It doesn't come by a uh, natural gift or by accident. I mean, he, he works at it and it pays off. I mean, those are critical yards at the end of those runs that add up for a team that's really struggling to get points and, and yards with this uh, limited offense. We haven't talked much about tight end play right recently. What what's your thinking there? Well, Adam Troutman's playing, I think, probably about eighty percent. I mean, he's got he's probably got to have a procedure in the offseason to repair his left knee, but he's gutting it out. Jawan Johnson's made the transition. Uh, he's had some good good performances and some shaky performances as a young player. I mean, they're just they're trying to cobble together with undrafted free agents, and it's just difficult to do at this level. I expect that's going to be a position, Ricky, that they address in the offseason, the tight end position, because I don't think it's been as productive as they would like. Uh, Nick Vanette was was on the COVID list last week. He should be back. He's a good blocker, but they're really lacking a dynamic playmaker at that spot, and it's become a really critical position in the NFL today. We're going to see one this week. Cal Pitts from Florida. Number four overall pick in the draft. I mean, the Saints are going to have to have an answer for him in the defensively because he's a huge playmaker for them. Well, I'm pulling for my Saints, buddy. Who dat, who dat, who dat. Um, I'm pulling for Los Angeles Rams this weekend. And it's going to be cool that both of those games are happening at the same time. So every time we flash up that score of the other game, it's going to have a lot of relevance this week, isn't it, buddy? Yeah, there'll be a lot of scoreboard watching. And uh, I know it's hard. Pull for the Rams, considering they <laughs> they knocked the Saints out of their Super Bowl run in 2018, but got to put the blue and gold pom-poms on this week. Okay, man. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks for joining us, Jeff, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. And yeah, we'll uh, pull for week, the buddy. Saints over the weekend, for sure. See you. We'll do it. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.